When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Kind of Dating, the comedy dating podcast where influential guests and I break down the dating world and try to figure out why the fuck do we all have commitment issues? Today's topic is the effects of mental health on relationships. Let's do this. Hey, Kind of Daters. I'm Natasha Chindale. You're listening to Kind of Dating. Hi, Aish. What's up? Hey, I am going running through a, a raging hangover. Because <laughs> <laughs> you were doing what? <laughs> uh, it, it, I'm not sure when this comes out, but it is Pride, LA Pride weekends this weekend. Um, so I was out celebrating and being merry and having a great time. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. What did you do? <laughs> um, so, uh, went to, well, today or last night, went to see, um, Mariah Carey at the LA Pride in the Park. No, how was that? Oh my God, it was so good. She was incredible. <laughs> Whoa. It was dope. Yeah, she's so fun. Um, she did like five encores and then she like left for a while and then like came back again and did Hero and like everybody was crying, including myself. And it was just like, oh my gosh, I didn't even know she was playing in like a. Yeah. And what were those tickets like crazy expensive? You know, when I bought them, they weren't that crazy. I think they, you know, got crazier, but I bought them a couple of months ago. So. Oh, OK. I got them when they were reasonable. <laughs> they like pay tickets like eight hundred dollars in the nose. <laughs> no, well, the VIP was yes, the VIP was up there, but it was for the whole weekend because on yeah. Friday it was Meg the Stallion and then Saturday was Mariah Carey. Wow. But, yeah. Okay, and then what else did you do? Um, then after that we went to an after party. Um, that was a wild time and the drinks were very strong. <laughs> they should be. <laughs> yes. And yeah, danced my little heart out. I love that. Good. Good for you. Um, well, you still look great for somebody who's very hungover. Makeup is a beautiful thing. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking today about the effects of mental health on relationships. Have you ever found that like, you might be going through something in your life and it bleeds into your relationships? No, 100%. And the kind of, I guess, not sad thing, but the difficult thing with when that happens is I feel like a, we, you know, we have to put up the front sort of in our real lives. And so it's the people who are cl closest to us, our like partners, our family, who kind of unfortunately kind of get the, I would say the negative effects about it, or they, they get the real basically. And, you know, if you're not necessarily in the best place, 
then the real can be difficult. <laughs> yeah, they tend to take the brunt of right. uh, of our mm-hmm. pain. Yes. And then, of course, it starts this process where you've lashed out on somebody and then you're apologetic and then, you know, you, you go back to being okay and then it starts again. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm saying this because I've been going through this recently that I was like, oh, you know, maybe this is something to discuss yeah. because obviously there's a there's a writer strike going in um, in L.A., which has put like a massive work stoppage to all of us. And I happened to be in Toronto when it was happening and it was my birthday coming up. And I think uh, around the same time, it just kind of, it it felt like a lot, you know, a lot of stress at once. It was like, uh, my mom got sick in Toronto. So um, I I was the first time kind of dealing with her Mm -hmm. and just your parents' mortality and, you know, all that stuff. And then the strike happened and then my birthday, which normally I just wild out and I celebrate. And this year was just like waking up with like anxiety of like, what am I doing with my life? How did I get here? How how is this happening? And it wasn't even like a massive wave of depression. It was something. And I think I talked about it on Instagram where like my therapist said, it's like a low grade thing where I, you know, my boyfriend took me to Mexico city. It was treating me so well. And I just couldn't totally be present. Like I was there and I wasn't there and it had nothing to do with him. I was like so happy, but I couldn't express it. And then at one point he was like, what's wrong? And he thought it was him. And I just started crying and I was like, it's nothing to do with you. It was just all this stuff, you know? And I'm, I'm glad I cried it out because then I could finally enjoy it, you know, for the last couple of days. But even since then, I've noticed like, Sometimes I'm like getting irritated unnecessarily or, you know, picking a fight about something that was stupid or saying things that I wouldn't normally say and or using words that I wouldn't normally use. Like, you know, we're very conscious about like things are ours. Right? We have a home together. We It's we. And I said something like my this. And he was very shocked. And I was like, why did I do that? Because it's like so not me, but but I realized like then I then I was like feeling bad, of course. I realized where it might be coming from that maybe I'm just stressed with a lot of stuff that's going on. But it's not an excuse because it's not his responsibility to take the brunt of that. But then I was speaking to a friend of mine, and he was going through the same thing. He was like, before I got to tell him my story, he was like, I kind of snapped it my partner and I don't know why. And also like being affected by what's going on. And this, that, that seems like a very Hollywoody situation, but if you take it out of that context right now in this world, it feels like there's something happening to everyone, especially with things like economy and finances. And they're just like layoffs left, right and center People feel 10 times more overworked than we've probably ever felt in our lives. I don't know if you feel like this, but with like the pandemic, you thought, oh, that was a hard time. And then once the world opens up, it'll be good again. And now you're like, oh, my God, when is this going to get better? 
have you felt any of that or has that kind of happened and and how have you kind of navigated that? Yeah, um a hundred percent have definitely felt it. Like like you're saying, the ho- the, the 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 writer strike has basically shut down Hollywood. And by Hollywood I mean like the movie, TV, film industry, which is an industry that we are both, you know, very much a part in. And that, you know, to people on the outside, like you were saying, maybe the gravity of that is not there. But if you think about it, it's like your livelihood is not, it's just not happening right now. <laughs> like know? imagine no job, guys. You have like no job right nobody now. has a job. Right. And there is no prospect of a job yeah. for potential months. Yeah, exactly. And no end in sight. It's like you could try to, you know, in other industries, like look for a job somewhere else. There are no jobs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are no jobs. And then I, a person who does have a job outside of the industry, am not the happiest in that job. So you got that on top of it. My like creative outlet has basically been taken away from me and I have to hunker down in this job that is literally just for money. Um, like you, I have, uh, you know, family that's going through health issues as well. So there's just a lot of, you know, compounding and definitely been feeling it. And like, I was talking to my therapist about this, the things that I could tolerate before, I just can't right now. (laughs) I just don't have the capacity to do it at all. Um, And yeah, it's funny because, you know, during the pandemic, it was obviously very difficult and a lot of people had a lot of hard times. But for me, I found it more difficult post that like whiplash of like, pause, 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 pause. Okay, everybody go. You know what I mean? It like feels like everything's on like a thousand percent. Uh, And we'll talk about finances later, but things are more expensive now. And we're making less money, <laughs> you know, debt that I, that got piled up from the pandemic. I now have to deal with now, you know? So like, it's just, it's a lot. And like you said, it, it comes out in our day to day and how we sort of interact with our, our people, unfortunately. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's hard because I can see, and you know, that is the, of course, if you're in a healthy, uh, good relationship, you know that you're both going to go through those times. Like last year, um, my boyfriend was going through a rough patch um, and with his career and all of that. And I know how low he was feeling and somebody who's so energetic and happy was not feeling like waking up and just taking a long time. And, be- and I realized like, oh, something is up. And you just have to kind of hold them there or realize like maybe they don't have the capacity for something. Um, let's be less hard on them about whatever. And then conversely, like he's been so good about like, hey, I get it. And you were there for me. I'm here for you. I got you. You don't have to worry. And it's so kind of him to say. But I'm also very like, I'm going to fuck this up if I don't fix it. You know, like you can't, you just can't go. I don't believe in that. But like, just because I'm, you're going through something in life, everything is a forgiven, you know, it's like, and and I say that with all compassion and empathy as somebody who is going through stuff myself, but I, I can't use that as an excuse for just shitty behavior all the time here and there. Okay, fine. But at some point, somebody else is also a human being and uh, it's just not an excuse. And I know that from 
being in an abusive relationship and, you know, somebody's go-to being that they were, they, they went through this in their life and they went through that in their life. And I'm like, I'm sorry you went through that in your life. I'm here for you. But also like, you can't have that as your crutch. I, for myself, started thinking of like, all right, what needs to change? Because it's not enough. It's, it's one step to acknowledge, right? You can't change what you don't acknowledge. But after you've acknowledged it, what steps are you going to take to remedy the situation, to put yourself on a better path? And it's not going to happen overnight, but what steps can you do that will get you there? And for myself, it's things like meditation. It's things like what I used to do, which I, I've always done when I have anxiety, which is I take bike rides um, down the beach and stuff like I need to be a little bit in, in nature. So either I need to take a walk or do something like that or go take a hike and clear my head because your state of being, it's like energy is neither created nor destroyed. It's merely transferred from one state to another. So you're whatever we're going through in this this mental health struggle transforms and then sometimes it actually goes to someone else and then they're taking it on and then they're getting irritated and then they're passing it back to you and it just becomes this fucking vicious circle. Are you trying to do some stuff, do you think, to or have you started thinking about some things that you might want to do to ease some of your mental pressure? Because obviously we can't change what's happening in life right yeah, now. We no, sadly don't control uh, the strike. I wish we did. So what, what kind of stuff are you trying to do in the meantime, if at all, right now? Yeah. Um, again, my therapist is great. We had a conversation. Like literally, we basically had this conversation not too long ago. So it's really funny. Um, and it's just a lot of, for me, it's kind of just taking back my time and what time I have. Um, going to the beach is another thing that I really like to do. Um, I'm going to try journaling. <laughs> I've like stopped and started so many times, but I think I'll start um, again. And just, I think just kind of giving myself the like grace and the permission to be, you know, how I am. I'm very much, I'm usually the person who was like the rock for other people. So like, letting myself be not a rock is hard for me. Um, but yeah, just letting myself be that. Or yeah. need to allow myself to get the help, basically. <laughs> you deserve the help too. You're, you know, none of us are, um, we're not born into a role and we have to stick in that role. And, uh, you know, even rocks stay on top of earth. You know, um, there's earth and soil on top of or underneath a rock. So like we all need something um, to hold us. And and yeah, I love that that you're saying that you're giving yourself that grace to feel and to not be perfect because we're not going to be. And that's the, you know, the key to good relationships and friendships and love around us is that they can pick us up when we're not feeling great and we would pick them up when they're not feeling great. And at the same time, we have to also work to pick ourselves up in between that time and do the things that we can do to focus on good. Like, I think journaling is a great thing. I, I mean, 
bring it back to like how we talked about that dating narrative. You know, I realized so much of everything we talk about on the show just relates to life. And I was like, oh, if we keep saying that, or if we keep pointing out how hard things are, that of course we're going to keep attracting that life is hard. Like even for me, I kept going, why am I here? How am I here? How did I get this? Like I'm saying that I'm not where I need to be. So of course the universe is going to keep feeding my ego, right? Like isn't that book, um, The Alchemist, it says something like the universe conspires in your favor. So, but if your favor is like, saying something negative, it's going to conspire for that. So like, how can we change the the narrative around our life and still find glimmers of hope and happiness and what is working in our life? What is working in your life, Aisha? <laughs> what is working in my life? Um, I mean, I think all things considered, you know, I have my health that's working <laughs> in my life. Uh, I, I have a, a really good, great support system. Truly, I do. Like, between partner, friends, family, like, I'm very, very lucky. So I think that's working. <laughs> you have a job? I, I have a job. I do have a job. That's true. I not like it, but <laughs> you got that some money, true. got some income coming in. Mm -hmm. You have a home over your head? which, you know, we take for granted all the time. That support system and having people who love us is so uh, valuable. And same thing for me, I'm like, the things that are working for me is like, I'm, I, you know, I have great love around me from my family, friends and partner. And, and I'm always thankful for having a home over my head and somehow being able to pay my rent next month. And, you know, like, I'm grateful for having a little bit of a savings. I'm grateful for, you know, um, when I got to just see my friends at the beach that day, like I missed you, Aish. Um, but it was just like so fun to snap me out of like that funk where I was like, oh man, people came out of their way and they showed up and, and the sun came out that day when the sun hasn't come out any day in LA <laughs> in months. <laughs> It was the most perfect, beautiful day yeah. of sun all day. Um, you know, knowing that somehow we're still here, I think there's, you know, a lot to be grateful for. And wherever you guys are and you're listening and you might be going through your own personal storms, just know that the storm always eases up it always kind of works out in the end and and nothing in life is constant except change but the state of being that we're in will never just like stay the same it will always change there's always light at the end of the tunnel basically i was trying to say this too shall pass and it always does right everything always does um and the key is hanging in there as it's happening giving yourself grace to be human, to go through it and acknowledging that like, what can we do in the meantime to help ourselves so that we can find hope? Because I think like being and continuing to have hope is probably the most important thing in life. 
Um, and that's in your dating life. That's in regular life. That's in work life. You always have to have hope. Otherwise, it becomes a really bleak existence. So if you are going through stuff, we're with you. We get it probably more than most. Crying is a great fucking tool also. I don't know about you. That shit has been helping me a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I just cry it the fuck out. Right. Because again, energy just needs to transform. So if we keep it trapped inside, we get ourselves sick, our body's sick, all of that. It was literally me last week. Really? Sick. And my back was fucked. <laughs> oh, yeah. shit. Are you okay now? Yeah. Uh, miraculously, everything is fine now. I like, did you I try it out? <laughs> yeah, I did all the things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you'd be surprised, man. Like, I mean, you know, they say that psychosomatic symptoms are, they're a real thing because you can make yourself sick. I used to, I'm very psychosomatic. My therapist um, gave me this very cool tool and uh, I wonder if anybody listening might enjoy this, but she made me draw my body Mm. and uh, color in where I would feel certain emotions. Mm. And so, cause I, you know, there was a time I was getting a, a heavy chest pain. This is years ago. And I thought at one point I was having a heart attack in the office. I was like, my chest was hurting so badly, so badly. And um, and so then she made me draw the feelings in my body separately. And like, I, I don't know if it was that same day or not. And then I realized how it was correlated. So my when I was really sad, like overwhelmed sad, I would feel it in my chest. When I'm anxious... It's in my stomach. When I'm angry, I was I was painting red in like my face and my head. And like, that's where I just like, I feel it. So I start getting headaches. I get, you know, all that stuff. And so I was just, we were describing all of that, that pain in your body. And it might help you acknowledge because when you're having those psychosomatic symptoms, like Indians have this thing, right? Oh, if you keep something in your stomach, like you're going to get stomach pain. If you, uh, you know, you're thinking too much, you'll get headaches. Uh, But there's some like weird kind of truth to that. It's fair. I 100% believe it. (laughs) So I think it it might be interesting for some people to um, maybe draw it out, guys, like see where you might be trapping stuff in your body and work on releasing that in whatever way. Like if it's, again, especially in like crying is great. <laughs> I really highly recommend that as a way to release. Do you cry enough, Aish? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> I think you should. <laughs> yeah. I think you should. Um, well, I love you, Aisha. Thank you. And, uh, uh, you know, I'm always here if you need. Um, and I know you're always there for me too. So thank you. All right back at you. Yeah. And uh, all this craziness will also pass and we will get through it together like we always have. Mm-hmm. And uh, and guys, you will too. So just hang in there. Hang in there, baby. <laughs> thank you so much, guys, for uh, listening to this episode. Um, I hope it's a little helpful to, you know, find those 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 
glimmers of hope and light in your life. Um, Aisha is also one of the lights in my life. So um, grateful for you. Um, Aisha, where can everybody find you on socials? Y'all can find me at Aisha Says Dance. Also, I should say you guys are a light in our lives too. Uh, this this podcast helps us a lot. So um, thank you guys for allowing us to show up for you and you showing up for us because it helps us a lot. We're uh, at Kind of Dating across the board. I'm at Natasha Chandale on Instagram and Facebook, Natasha.Chandale on TikTok. Thank you so much, guys, for downloading this episode. If you like something you heard, screenshot the episode and tag us on social media. Finally, I know it seems tough out there, but just try. Till next time. Kind of Dating is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. Kind of Dating is created, produced, and hosted by myself, Natasha Chandel. Aisha Holden is my co-host. Adam Pineless and Karina Uribe are producers. Our opening music is composed by Joe Lorenzetti, and our logo and graphics are by Jenna Yannick and K. Daniel Ellis.